0: Good morning, everyone. My name's Sam, and I'm going to be bringing the Bible reading um, to us now. So, if you've got a Bible, please open up to Matthew chapter ten. I'm going to be reading Matthew ten, verse twenty six to thirty three. Um, if you've got a church Bible, page eight hundred and sixty four in your Bibles. I'm going to be reading about what Jesus says about fearing men. Matthew chapter ten, starting at verse twenty six to thirty three. Therefore, don't be afraid of them, since there is nothing covered that won't be uncovered and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the rooftops. Don't fear those who kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will acknowledge him before my father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others... I will also deny him before my Father in heaven.
1: Well, how about we pray one more time before we consider that uh, those verses. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you speak the truth to us, uh, truth that is not always comfortable or easy to hear, uh, but truth that is for our good. Father, give us the courage to hear what you have to say and to believe it and to enjoy it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever had that moment of fear? Perhaps you're at a party or at the office or at school. Someone starts talking about something that is totally opposed to Jesus' way of thinking. And you can tell from the way they're speaking that they just assume everyone agrees with them. And you know the moment's coming when it's going to be your turn to speak. And it's terrifying because you know that if you say what you really think, if you make a stand for Jesus... If you own him and reject what the other person said, it's not going to go well. At best, they'll think you're weird, but more likely, they'll be really offended. You may lose a friendship or two. You may lose an invite to the next social event. You may, and this is a rapidly growing possibility, uh, you may even lose your job. It's normal To have some sort of fear in that situation. It's really natural, right? Who wouldn't have some sort of fear? In this passage, though, Jesus says, No, no, no. Don't be afraid of them. They're not the ones to fear. No, you should be afraid. You should fear God. God is much more terrifying than them. What? What is that? What are you talking about, Jesus? Isn't God my friend? Doesn't he love me? The Psalms speak about God as a refuge, a safe place. You might have even sung it before. God is our strength and refuge, our present help in trouble, and we therefore will not fear. This morning we've sung about the love of God over and over again, of everything in all the universe. Isn't God the one I don't have to be afraid of? Let's see what Jesus is trying to tell us. It would be helpful to keep that Bible passage open in Matthew chapter 10. Uh, It's worth understanding a bit of context here. We're jumping in partway through Jesus' ministry. He's been gathering his close 12 disciples around around him, teaching them, helping them to know the truth. And now he sends them out on a fearful mission. A potentially terrifying mission. At first, it doesn't seem so bad. It's quite exciting, really. He gives them real-life superpowers, power to heal the sick and drive out demons. And he sends them to the towns of Israel with the best news in all the world. He says, tell people, the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is an awesome mission, right? But then he tells them how some people are going to react. He says, they'll hate you. They'll have you arrested. They'll hand you over to be flogged. They'll hate the disciples specifically because they're siding with Jesus. If you do have your Bible there, have a look at verse 22. Verse 22, Jesus says, You will be hated by everyone because of my name. And then again down in verse 25. It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If they called the head of the house Beelzebul, which is Satan, how much more the members of his household. Friends, our context is slightly different to this situation, but the principle is the same. If people hate Jesus today, they will hate anyone who stands with Jesus. If you stand with Jesus, they'll hate you. That's a bad time in history to be a Russian billionaire. Uh, If you do whatever Vladimir Putin wants, you're fine. But if you even hint that the Ukrainian invasion is a bit of a bad idea, it may be the last thing you do. There's actually a Wikipedia page of Russian billionaires who have disappeared in 2022 uh, in suspicious deaths. They've fallen off cliffs, balconies, out hospital windows, shot themselves, had heart problems, even though there's no prior history. They've had drug overdoses, been hit by a car, crashed in a helicopter. It's a dangerous time. In Putin's Russia, if you're for Ukraine, you're against him. And he'll make it very clear what the consequences are. Our world doesn't submit to the kingship of Jesus. If you're for Jesus, they will think that you're against them. But Jesus says, don't be afraid of them. In fact, he gives quite a strong warning. He says, don't fear them. The worst they can do is kill you. No, no, you should fear God. He can destroy you in hell for all eternity. Have a look at verse 28. Verse 28, Jesus says, don't fear those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, Fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. It's pretty strong language, isn't it? You see, it isn't just the world that says you're either with with us or against us. It's God. There's no middle ground here. If you're against the world, what can they do? Unfriend you? Sack you? Imprison you? kill you, but then it's over, right? That's all they can do. After that, they can't do anything else. But God, if you're against God, the consequences go on forever. Hell is real. Jesus warns about it time after time after time. It's where you're shut out from God from his goodness, from happiness, forever. We fear what we can see now. We're often not very good at fearing what we can't see, but what's in the future. I fear missing out on the extra 15 minutes in the pool or working in the garden so I don't stop to put on the sunscreen. But skin cancer is much worse. I fear taking too long getting home from my holiday and so I keep driving even though I'm tired. But I should be much more afraid of a road crash. People fear the social consequences of standing with Jesus. But Jesus says abandoning him and spending eternity in hell is much more terrifying. Don't just look at what's right in front of you now Play the long game. Keep eternity in mind. Fear what's really worth fearing. Don't fear people. Fear God. Now, does that mean we should just walk around trembling? Should we huddle in a corner in terror as we reflect on the horror of hell? Should fearing God turn us into a gibbering mess? Well, if God were cruel and nasty, then yes, that would be an appropriate response. But God isn't like that. Which is why Jesus follows his strong warning with an even stronger encouragement. He reminds his disciples that God is a gentle God, a caring God, a God who knows and values his people. Have a look at verse 29. Verse 29. Jesus says, Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So don't be afraid, therefore. You are worth more than many sparrows. See what Jesus is saying? God cares about and loves the smallest and most insignificant parts of his creation. And if he cares so much for that, how much more will he care for you that you've been those who have been made in his image who is invited to join his son Jesus in ruling the universe who he sent Jesus to die for and rescue from rebellion and welcome into his royal family. Which is so important to know when you're faced with what seems like a scary situation. If I make a stand for Jesus now, what will happen? The most important thing we need to remember is God will look after you because he cares for you. A missionary to a tribe in Indonesia was in a canoe with a local father and son and the young son fell out of the canoe and the dad froze. He didn't do anything. The missionary immediately jumped out of the boat to rescue the boy. And afterwards, the father told him of his shock. You see, the father was terrified of the river gods, the gods he thought were living in the river. He thought they were out to get him. They certainly didn't care for him. And so the last thing that you would do when you're in that situation was jump in the river. Even if it meant saving someone, even if it meant saving your own son. We don't need to fear God like that. When you stick with God instead of chasing the world, you're sticking with the God who loves you and cares for you. The one who can look after you even when friends and colleagues abandon you. Even when you lose your job. Even if you get killed. And that's why fearing God is a fear that makes you strong. If you fear God, you have nothing else to fear. You can be brave, tough, courageous, You can enjoy life so much better. You can say to the world, do your worst, because I have a God who knows the hairs of my head. He loves me and cares for me and has an eternal plan for me. It might seem strange to say fear can make you strong, but actually it happens every day. Would you be afraid of holding on to metal that's been heated to 220 degrees and hold it with your bare hands? You should be. That's right and normal. I hope you know that. Uh, So when you use the oven, you pull the tray out with a tea towel or an oven mitt. And then you can be brave and cook all sorts of things and enjoy wonderful dinners. The fear of the heat of the oven doesn't drive you to terror. It makes you wise so that you can enjoy good things. Or would you be afraid of standing in a flood of boiling water? You should be. But that just means you test the water before you get in the shower. And then you can bravely enter the water and take the pleasure of relaxing in the warm spray. I'm afraid of falling from a huge height and being smashed to pieces in a pile of, on a pile of rocks. I don't know if that's a particular fear for you. Uh, it's quite a terrifying thought. This week I was in the Blue Mountains standing at a lookout. And my fear of falling didn't make me into a gibbering mess... It just meant that I didn't climb over the fence and that was there to keep me safe. That meant I could bravely stand inches from certain death without any fear at all. I knew that I was safe and I could enjoy the beautiful view. If you truly fear God, if the thought of him destroying your body and soul in hell is terrifying to you, and it should be, then great. That's a right and normal uh, reaction. Hell is terrifying. So don't go there. God in his kindness has done everything you need to not go there. Sent his son to rescue you. So stick with God and he'll love you and look after you and care for you. In fact, you can be strong and brave and make a stand for Jesus, saying things that people don't always want to hear, Because you know that God is with you. He won't remove all the hard things of this world. In fact, if you stick with him, some things are going to be harder. But he'll look after you through it and finally bring you to your eternal home. So how should we fear God? What does that look like day to day? If we're going to say, I won't fear the world, I'll only fear God, how do we go about that? Well, it's tricky, isn't it? Because no one ever says, hey, who is dumb enough to believe that Jesus actually rose from the dead? I hate you if you do. That would be really clear and simple. And you go, yeah, I believe Jesus rose from the dead. It's usually less direct than that. They want you to hold the same value systems as them. People want you to accept things about sexuality that you know God says is wrong. Or about marriage. Or about getting drunk. Or about identity. When those sorts of things come up in conversation, sometimes we're tempted to just agree with whatever, else, whatever everyone else is saying. But more often, though, I think we're tempted to keep quiet, desperately hope that the people won't find out what we really think. We try and please God and the world at the same time. Friends, we need to be braver than that. Sure, we need to use wisdom to know when to speak and when to be quiet, but we can't use that as an excuse to never publicly own Jesus and his ideas. We're standing, when we're quiet, often we're accepting what everyone else is saying. We're standing with the world, which means we're standing against God. So when you're sitting at a table with people, the opportunity comes to make a stand for Jesus, you know it could really offend people. Remind yourself. Remind yourself of two really important things. Remind yourself, one, nothing they do to you will have eternal consequences. Nothing they say, nothing they think. Keep the long game in mind. Don't fear the people in front of you. God is in charge of eternity. Don't fear them. Fear God. Secondly, remind yourself that you have a loving Heavenly Father who cares for you. Whatever you do, whatever they say or however they react, God has your back. He can look after you in any circumstance. Be brave. So if you're at school or work and the conversation gets to the point where you have to stand with Jesus or the world, don't fear the world. Fear God. And remember, he has your back and speak bravely. Say, I'm a Christian. And Jesus says, whatever. For some of us, there'll be someone in our family who rejects Jesus. Maybe your son or daughter, maybe a parent or a brother or sister. And the only way to keep that relationship is to turn from Jesus yourself. Don't do it. Fear God. Remember that the value of a relationship with him is worth so much more, as hard as that can be. Some of you run businesses and you want to do it in a way that pleases God. Sometimes people will only do business with you if you accept things that God doesn't want you to accept. If you don't do what they want, you could lose money, lose your business, lose your house. But don't be afraid. God has your back. He knows the hairs on your head. Fear him. Be brave and keep running your business in a way that pleases him. Last one, just shooting out different things here. Some of you are health workers. Sometimes more and more you could be asked to help uh, with things that don't align with what God wants. You could be asked to help take a life instead of heal a life. And standing up to your boss and refusing to do what God hates can have serious consequences. Don't fear your boss. Fear God. He's got your back. He'll look after you today and for all eternity. Whatever your situation, don't be afraid of the people in front of you. God is in charge of your eternity. Fear him and you will have nothing else to fear. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for your astounding love for us, for your care and kindness and compassion. Father, we ask that we would take the warning of hell seriously, that we would take you seriously. Help us not to be distracted by the things that can seem uh, terrifying in the moment. Help us to fear you and honour you and enjoy you. And be safe with you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.